Extra. Yes, konnichiwa, and welcome to another episode of Kawaii Radio. And this one's a bit of a shorter one because it's me and Kenny, and it's Valentine's Day. I turned my headphones up too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Is that any better, good sir? Uh, slightly better. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it is Valentine's Day. We are recording on Monday, day of release, because Instead this... of being out with our significant others. No, I'll do that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we were going to record over the weekend, and, we, well, for starters, I had that video to make, and it was just so busy. We've all been just so flat tack as of late. I know everyone has been. Adulting is hard, man. Adulting Making is time really to actually hard. just do the stuff with the money you make is actually yeah. very tricky. It is. They well, don't teach you about this stuff in school. Yeah, and that and, you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, I don't want to go to that massively crowded place. Hmm. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't live in fear, but at the same time, take precautions which, are, which you need for, for your health. Um, and I literally can't afford to have a lung infection or damage because th- this is my moneymaker. <laughs> like, yep. Without it, I'm just like, I can, I'll have to go and, into you retail. Know, breathing. <laughs> you know, breathing. Stuff. Pretty important, pretty important. Um, but um, we decided we were going to do uh, a story, well, an episode about something romance related, but mm. we weren't quite sure what to do. So you suggested Steam Boy at first. <laughs> I did, which is not a good romance at all. And we, I think we will have to do an episode on that because Steam Boy is a classic which I think has been forgotten. Oh, pretty much. And it was so good at the time and it still stands up today, funnily enough. But we were talking about it and we're like, we do love Makoto Shinkai. And he like he mm. consistently writes love stories. I believe now mm. I have identified his type. Yeah. He man. needs stuff with the changing of the seasons, a lot of rain... And something about a uh, young man saving a mystical princess of a sort. Yeah, it, it does have that whole hero vibe. And we've talked about like doing uh, oh, Weathering With You, which we've already covered on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So go back and have a listen to that if you'd like. Um, we've talked about Your Name as well when we were talking about Makoto Shinkai and along with his first feature film, that short, I think it was about 20-minute one, the sci-fi one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what was the title again? Oh, Brain's completely lost it. Uh, five centimeter. No, that was the later one. No, that was that was much uh, later. Um, but yeah. Look, distant Star. Voices dis- of a Distant Voices Star. Of a distant star. Um, also beautiful and worth checking out. It I mean, is very rough. He made but- that with like a little crappy computer by his lonesome. I know. Which explains why he has that you know. His uh, whole personal drive where he is personally involved in everything. everything. Um, Like even if he is given a whole team by a studio he's involved more than they are. (laughs) Yeah which is insane. Um, But we, we decided that it would be worth checking out one of the films that is I guess I'm surprised I hadn't watched it, mm. and it's not full length. It only goes for 45 minutes, and it was from 2013. It was Garden of Words. Yeah, available on streaming as well. You can find yeah. it on a lot of places, Netflix. Netflix have it for us. Um, I believe it's on Amazon Prime in some areas too. Mm. I believe even if it's not on streaming, you can buy it on Amazon Prime for a couple of And bucks. this was before your name. This was before... Uh this was before he was really, really big, but he was yeah. still known for his work with his uh, other like short films. I mean, this is the thing. Makoto Shinkai did a lot of stuff with other people. Mm. And like Comics Wave Films have been a support studio for a lot of other films, particularly for weather, unsurprisingly. Um, and and uh, yeah, he, uh, he cracked the whip on these guys for this movie. Oh, he really did. Because... Like, holy cow. Oh my gods. The, like, from the first shot of just seeing these... 
perfectly artistically rendered raindrops on a still pond. Mm-hmm. The way he just captures light with this in this like this beautiful green space. I'm pretty sure photorealistic of an actual. Oh, it is, isn't it? Mm. So, um, it, the funny thing is as well that this, um, it has a manga attached to it. Oh shit, I didn't. Know um, that. the manga I'm pretty sure was made after the film. By the looks of it, so I've got the the film came out April twenty eighth. Oh, we should actually uh, say the title, shouldn't we? I, I did, didn't I? The Garden of Words. The Garden, uh, of, the Garden of Words. We're making sure we. The, the, it's the, called the Garden of Words. The, the, <laughs> hang on, have I got a? Uh, hey, listen. It's the Garden of Words. Um, <laughs> so, um, this is a drama romance as fitting for Valentine's Day. Um, runs for about forty five minutes. It's demographic sign, and so it is aimed at the more the eighteen plus male audience, um, which is, I'll, I'll be honest, being you know in my thirties makes sense. It's definitely more my target demographic and as me and Aaron have been discussing like Aaron typically prefers the shonen genre stuff and I yeah. definitely prefer the sign-in which gives us a nice sort of range for the uh the male demographic I also do quite like a lot of the um Josai as well which is the older female one which are, some of the stories are beautiful yeah um but it has got a manga and a serial novel like a proper um huh. yeah book written for it that are based on the screenplay so the screenplay is original, and it was written by Shinkai. Now, um, this... Uh, I'll, I'll just bring up the plot. I think it's easier just to explain it that way. And uh, for anyone else who's got a Pixel 6, I'm sure your phone's been locking up too. <laughs> um, the the updates have been awful. So um, it's but the plot's quite simple. When a lonely teenager decides to miss his morning lessons in favour of sitting in a garden with the rain, he meets a mysterious older woman who shares his feelings of alienation. Mm. Now, what this doesn't explain, they say older woman, and they keep saying older woman in this, and she's not that much older. She's in her 20s. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, uh, 20. Man, am I a grandpa? <laughs> she's 27, I think. He's uh, 17 or so. I think he said 15. Oh. I think he's still he's still in high school. Yeah, um, but it's it's an age gap romance in a way, but it's not. I think it's handled really beautifully. Mm. I mean, let, let's be honest. Most of Shinkai handles relationships very beautifully. It's it's not. It's the whole thing creepy. that it's uh it is handling a taboo subject. The whole uh she is uh revealed to be. Um, well, I don't think we'll say that, but no. well, th- th- there's an age gap, and she's in a position of authority. Is probably the easiest way to explain it. Which even so, by itself, is somewhat a taboo in Japanese mm-hmm. culture, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing though is that they are more together to sort of share the feeling of loneliness that they both mm-hmm. have. Um, because he's he's you you think initially he's an artist. But it's he, he's drawing designs for shoes. Yeah, uh, Takao is um, his whole thing is that he wants to uh, make shoes, mm-hmm. and that is not like um, it's, it's not really a normal sort of teenage thing to think of for a guy, at least. And it's not typical of the kind of thing that people want to chase in like Japanese business culture. Mm-hmm. People normally go for like your uh, white Sa- collar, yeah, job. salary man style, the kind of stuff that will guarantee you. You know, mm-hmm. a comfortable and cause, life. Because this is setting the Kanto region. It's it's basically, it's set in Shinjuku, um, 
but not. Um, and there's even a message at the end as well because one of the characters is drinking and smoking in a park and all that sort of thing. Oh, well, uh, yeah, like and the, the post-credits. It's just like... So you've got the, the post-credit, you've got the credit, the post-credit scene, and then a warning, do not drink in this park. Like, <laughs> Look, we understand this was in an actual place, but you are not allowed to do this. We were just doing this for the film. But The animated characters had the rights. They had the permit. Yeah, they had a permit to do it. Um, but, I mean... What I thought was interesting is that I wonder if this was the first film where he went so hard on the weather effects. Ooh, he was definitely like pushing it with each of the other ones. I mean, mm-hmm. rain is just a constant theme. The changing of the seasons is oh, always yeah. like almost another character in his films. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's it's a very big, important part of it. And it, he yeah, loves that weather. They... Like and it's a part of the story as well. They will only ever really meet when it's raining, mm-hmm. and sort of like the uh, building of their like trust and understanding of one another comes because the uh, like wet season begins in Japan, and so they are consistently together in this park. Man, I was just having a look at this. So he wrote uh, in the same year. There's always uh, also a film called Someone's Gaze, which wasn't done by Comics Films. This was done by it was a, a short film. Mm. Before that, Children Who Chase Lost Foxes, five centimeters uh, per second, and The Place Promised in Our Early Days. Mm. Now, unsurprisingly, he uh, did the storyboards, art direction, design themes <laughs> for all of these. Um, photography, color design, and editing for Garden of Words, um, which it tends to be the, the main things he's listed for. And oh, for. the color design. There is something oh, very God, is, special about this, uh, this movie. Mm. is that the use of lines. Mm. I mean, his grasp on colour is always just fantastic, always but phenomenal. he uses different colours for the lines when it's catching like sunlight or reflections off the water. Instead of just black outline over all your characters, instead mm. of just like the nice, neat, crisp black lines, he'll go with uh, like aqua green. Yeah. Or like bright white yellow yeah to kind of show that reflective nature like you know if they're damp like you you, if a person is being has been drenched by the rain their outline is not going to dampen the color it will reflect it and refract the light and he takes that into effect for all the outlines whenever something's wet but it's not constant it's not even consistent Mm. it uh only seems to play out like mostly in the garden in the garden in Mm -hmm. the park where they meet and i'm starting to think there is something to that like, well, it does kind of give it a sort like sort of like dream state, mm. and they they do state it makes the it film seem more it's... colorful and more mm. alive than the actual world. And even in the mm. scenes where he is playing with like you know sunlight when it's in summer, when uh, because um, what's her name Yukari, yeah. uh, she visits Yukari. the park in the summer just hoping to meet him, mm. and the sunlight is almost harsh. It's yeah unbearable even yeah so um uh, and even in bits where like stuff is well lit if it's not in the rain it's that that part will be lit but you also see the shadows around it it's mm. there's the element of darkness to things one of the things i actually really like about it so you've got two characters and their names are not revealed until much later Mm. in the film um like practically nothing about them is revealed until much later until like so it goes for about 45 minutes and a lot of it doesn't get revealed until the 30 minute mark um and then a lot of stuff sort of comes to a head over that following 10 minutes um but there he uses different art styles for different locations so the woman's house Everything's watercolored. Yeah, Yukari's uh, apartment almost uh, seems. Yukino. Uh, sorry, y- yeah, Yukino. Um, but yeah, it, it's 
watercolored with harsh lines to differentiate stuff. Yeah, it almost seems like less real. And yeah. I think the whole thing about that is that their life seems more in focus when they are in that mm. spot together. Well, I was going to say not only that because this does kind of you know deal with you know depression and sadness and uh, isolationism mm. and. The there's a lot of artwork I've seen which is meant to you know exhibit or connect with the feeling of feeling depressed and it's always done in watercolor and also same sort of thing as we saw it with her room it's you know it's blues it's greys it's washed out mm. and I think that also kind of connects with her personality feeling washed out and drained. But you also see it happened. later in the film as well and it's all in focus. There is yeah. basically if you are like a major literary or film geek. Catching, symbolism, holy cow. Catching all the little bits of symbolism in this and all of the, what is the artist trying to say? Oh, this will be your joint. Yeah. I mean, this is a case where he is using it to say something. It's not, you know, the door is blue. What did he mean when the door is blue? He was depressed and sad. No, the door was blue. I like blue. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's really well done. Um, and I think as well, like, um, without spoiling anything, there is a bit of a focus on feet. In this now, it's not foot fetishy. What is it with this year? <laughs> <laughs> this year and feet. Um, <laughs> no, um, it's because the, uh, the the male lead is, um, as we mentioned, interested in making shoes. Um, so there is a focus on feet because he's learning to design how you would create a shoe. And even that, I believe, is also symbolism. It's about moving forward. It's about walking on your mm-hmm. own. And so, of course, there's Which going to be sad, that yeah. thematic element. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's so blatant and base as just feet. <laughs> Look, it's it's uh, not Akiba Sailor's uniform. So. <laughs> oh my God, that show. No, oh. no. Uh, I, Made me you, so uncomfortable. You saw the uh, Gigguk video, yeah? Yes, I did. Oh my <laughs> His God. His reaction was just priceless. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, I mean, th- this is a age gap love story, but it doesn't end with uh, a romantic embrace or a kiss. It it handles it in a very mature way. I feel like the the way you would expect, like, okay, we care about one another. Is it love? The older person's not sure. The younger person thinks it is, and you see how they handle that. The post credit scene, I think, oh, sums it up perfectly, quite beautifully. Like, mm. the story continues, but not. In such a blatant way. I mean, this is the thing as well. Like Japan loves its open endings. We've discussed this many times on the podcast. Um, it loves committing to things because th- there is no such thing as happily ever after. Like that idea, kind of doesn't work. It's how to put a nice. It's how to put a nice bit of closure and conclusion on well, a I mean, scene. Look, look at how we finished your name. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, same sort of thing. You can guess what's going to occur from there. You don't need it to be spelled out, mm. which is beautiful. Oh, and it's way more uh, ambiguous in uh, weathering with you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I love that. Mm. A lot of people didn't like weathering with you, but that's because they were trying to compare it to your name. I mean, it's a hard act to follow. It's a very hard act to follow. But I, I loved weathering with you. Just visually, absolutely stunning. I felt even the, like the character designs were consistently better than your name and that's not to say your names were bad yours your names were like a if you say your name was a nine out of ten like weathering with you's character designs would be a 9.5 but the story instead of being a nine would be closer to like a 7.5 eight eight yeah yeah oh, but I, st- I still liked it i loved it actually, and but. uh like musically uh, oh. for both of those they're perfect and that also carries across to returning to the subject and jumping garden right of off the tangent <laughs> garden of words well garden of words has this beautiful piano 
like it's classical, very, understated piano tune throughout. It's it. orchestral, but it's also not present consistently. Again, mm-hmm. it's that it most of the time you are just hearing the sounds of the rain and nature and birds yeah. and stuff like that. The orchestra stuff mostly comes in when you're getting uh, like internal monologues and yeah. stuff, which is really nice. Like it, it uses a lot of. I know I've mentioned this before about a few things, but I love seeing cinematic camera language used in animation. I mean, yeah, we go along all the time saying, oh, the camera angles, there's no camera. The camera, yeah, like yeah. how the camera moves here, the camera I, isn't I moving. I love how they've pulled focus. Wait, they don't need to do <laughs> Like, ah. There was a fantastic oh. meme earlier, like about our demon slayers showing mm. like the show, the cameraman is Saitama <laughs> just dashing along at the speed yeah. of. <laughs> I mean, that'd be about right. <laughs> but I, I think this is one of those things that we're going to continue to talk about because like, I mean, Look, a lot of people I've heard talk about anime, and this is not to discredit anyone or anything like that, but a lot of people who talk about anime just talk about, like, you know, the characters they like or the the story. But I think we need to be starting to look at how incredible this artwork is. Like, sure, it's beautiful, but we need to be paying credit to the fact that, holy cow, like, they're using, you know, sure, it's, it's not pen and paper anymore and it's not using the old cells, but they're still taking something that's drawn and applying cinematic camera usage to it. They're yeah, there is an putting... entire second story being told mm-hmm. if you learn the language of the, what the camera is trying to say to you. Exactly. And, that, I mean, you and I both studied film at one point or another. I thought I wasn't allowed to talk about that. I could say it. <laughs> oh, right, right. Um, for me, it was over a decade ago, my God. <laughs> but one of the big things they told us and taught us when they were doing those filmmaking classes was how to use the way the camera frames the scene so both the framing the use of the um, focal points the empty space you know that sorry negative space is the correct term and many other aspects to help create a feel to it and like um this is completely unrelated, but I was watching... Um, so for the video I did uh, that came out a couple of days ago was uh, good recommendations for Valentine's Day. So Spoiler Adam, alert, his recommendations are right behind him in the opening bit. Well, one actually, <laughs> actually, you say that, but nothing that I recommend... Three out of four. What? Only one of the things I recommend is behind me. Comey Can't Communicate is mentioned at the end credits. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the other ones are. Um, but anyway, um, I mentioned Wodakoi in this video. And the confession scene um, where the main guy asks the girl out, when he's talking to her, he's unusually to the far right of the camera. And there's all this dead space behind him. And that has the power to give weight to words because it suggests there is more being told than what is being said. Mm. There is more being suggested and implied and given than what is being just verbally said. I mean, anyone who's ever asked out a girl is going to know that, like, it feels like standing on the edge of a cliff. It mm-hmm. feels like standing in empty space. Everything just feels mm-hmm. much further away when you like go to utter those words. Yeah, and you see the exact same thing in Garden of Words. Mm. It's it's the same thing where there's a lot of they use that negative space. They use you know close up angles. They use low angles to make someone look empowering. They look use high up out angles to make someone feel like they're shrinking and small. Um, and it's beautifully used for something that's drawn. 
it's I, I love this. Um, this is kind of this is the stuff th- we made the podcast for. <laughs> this is why we did this, yeah. Um, because we'd always like watch a show, watch a movie, mm-hmm. and then just talk for ages about the hell we just saw. Yeah, like I mean, there's so much to take in. I mean, this is 45 minutes. It's two anime episodes. Like, mm. if you've got, if you're looking for a nice little tale for Valentine's Day. Jeez, this is great. 45 mm-hmm. minutes done and dusted. Obviously, if you and your partner are both in anime and haven't seen your name, go watch that first. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Um, but, you know, even if you're just, like, on your own, like, say say you just really want to watch something romantic and doesn't matter if you've got someone with you to watch it or on your own, this just, I don't know, I came away from it feeling hopeful. Mm. Like, it, despite the, the heavy things, especially that, like, that final confrontation... Like it's it's brutal, it's very un-Japanese. If I'm oh honest. yeah, the way the characters are talking to each other in the uh, mm. the dub and the sub. Are, so the, the dub and the sub are very similar. They say the same things, but in a different way. Well, I mean, so uh, I, I wrote it down so I didn't forget it. So the the language used is similar in both, but the intonation and some words are changed from the uh, subtitles to the dub. Mm. For the subtitle, so the English dub feels like he's blaming her, but the Japanese dub is he's feel, blaming himself for allowing himself to feel betrayed mm. and that that's a very important difference um, so my, my suggestion is if you get the dub and that uh, the dub's okay I feel like they I could I, I like it too but I feel like they could have done more to differentiate the aging of the voices like he's 15 to 17 she's 27 like his voice shouldn't sound like a 30 year old man it shouldn't <laughs> sound like me you know um, so I, I think Good thing, it didn't sound like you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but you know, like that—that's something. Like the, the dub is good. Like it's well acted, especially her voice actor. Like holy cow! Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like for the the lead male's voice, it needed to be a little bit more youthful. Perhaps, yeah, just just a smidge. I mean, admittedly, the. I didn't realize he was a high school student when I first started watching it. I thought he was university because of how old he looked. Like, my, my partner works at uh, school. I see what kids look like at their different ages, you know? So I'm used to seeing, like, you, you don't look like that. <laughs> to, to be fair. To be fair. The Japanese have that, like, really bloody just infuriating mm. immortality gene. <laughs> I mean, there's that too. <laughs> Which just makes them look fantastic for many, many years until they hit, like, 70. And then suddenly you go... <laughs> Where did the moisture go? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I can, you know. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think um, I, I don't think it's a bad dub. Like, we've seen much worse dubs, but I think the it, Ooh, it there's lo- a challenge. The worst dub. <laughs> oh man, it, it's the worst, but it's also the best, and it's ghost stories. Like <laughs> they didn't follow the script. Um, but we should do an episode on that. Holy cow, we need to do an episode on that. Um, but I, I think like. The the dub could have been handled a bit more subtly. I, I think they when they've been translating it, they've taken the brute force English approach instead of leaving nuance in there to make sure nothing's left up to interpretation. I think that's also a cultural thing, though. Yeah. If when you're changing that to a dub, you're also like marketing to a different audience. Mm-hmm. And, and the Western audience, um, like I'm not like disparaging anything, oh, no, but no. it's like a different t- style of Tories storytelling yeah what are words what are words <laughs> western's stuff is a bit more direct yeah i'd say yeah it is and i mean that, that's not to say that you shouldn't watch the dub i've watched it in the dub and it's really good mm-hmm. but 
my suggestion is if you've got a dubbed version which also has the Japanese tracks and the subtitles, I would suggest after you finish the film, go back to that 40-minute point and just re-watch the, uh, that confrontation in the stairwell again. And then you'll, you'll you'll see with the subtitles how it's different. I think we're just veering into the sub versus dub debate, the war of oh, ages. Look, look, they're, they're both good and they're both going to have different interpretations. I mean, I, I personally prefer the fan sub of Comey Can't Communicate over the official translation so, so, by Viz. Uh, so you're not, you're not picking a side then? You're not picking a side in the Great War? No. Of sub versus dub? No, because some, like, Kaguya Summer Fence Lover's War. Sitter. Have you Have you watched the dub of Kaguya Summer Lover's War? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Just wonderful. Um, but I can't say the same for some of the others. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and that's kind of like, you know, I I think dubs have a place. They always will have a place. And it's especially when they're done good. Like, I mean, I, I will tout for days the original ADV team for Neon Genesis. Uh, just mwah, perfect. They, even if most of them aren't even voice actors now, like half of them are doing other stuff on the side. Then like, everything changed when the Netflix nation attacked. <laughs> Exactly, and the net the Netflix dub awful, um, <laughs> but you know, the, and that that's not just from like a um, uh, voice acting point of view. Like the voice acting was, meh, but the the issue I had with the Netflix dub is they changed the translation, and not only that, but the ending as well. Well, oh, uh, I was fine with the original Neon Genesis. I ending. was not. <laughs> yeah, look. I, I mean, mean, no, the original. Uh, like the original one was "Fly Me to the Moon," and then they replaced that with just some. Oh no! I thought yeah. you meant the ending of the series. Oh um, no! <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, they replaced the uh, ending. But anyway, we've digressed well, well, and tangents. Um, but yeah, like the, I, I think we will always argue about the dub versus sub, and I think dubs are going to be better if you like straight up if you have no cultural background or understanding of Japanese culture. Dub is going to always serve you well. It is always going to it will over explain everything. And I think for those of us who are heavily invested in the you know anime and manga industry, for those of us who you know speak Japanese or have learned or studied the culture, it will be a little frustrating mm. because we don't like to be retold things we know every time. Like, have you looked at like some of the old um, Marvel comics? Oh before, yeah, like, of course. Every chapter, um, Avengers has to tell you who the Avengers are, why they were founded. X Men. Every time, every new um, volume, they have to tell you who the X Men are, why they were founded, who leads them, and it's because they're basing it on that idea of someone just jumping in. Yes, where, it's like someone's going to jump in. Uh, someone's going to be new to this at some point. Yeah, and asking them to go right back to the start for context is going to be unfair. Yeah, and that's I think exactly why Comey Can't Communicates anime doesn't explain the puns in the names. Ah, right. Because that's far... It's You've got to explain three writing systems to get to that. And sure, I did that in like 10 minutes in a video, but like they're not going to spend 10 minutes of an episode explaining it. Mm. Like they, They'd rather show you the anime and the story, which is, let's be honest, the story is the most important point. That needs to be centre of any equation, just like they did with this. The story was central. The... They... I love when they can use something other than words to tell the story, like, you know, maybe there's, and so Maybe on. there's something to that too, how he was saying that the film language is telling a completely second mm. story. I think it's the cultural background of whatever you're watching is also telling yet another story. Mm. It's stories within stories within stories. It is. There's it is. always more to I mean, see in what you're watching, except if it's Disney Star Wars. Well, I, I was going to say, like, this is another thing here. Like, the we, we say it's telling another story. Culturally, if you watch this film... You don't know that if you're over 25, you'll consider a used woman. 
if you're not married. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's awful. 20, 25 to 28 is kind of the area where like, if a woman in Japan isn't married, they're considered, and it, it's so horrible. Yeah, it's they, they say they're bloody past unfair. their use by date, which is bull. Um, because they, the idea is that by 25, you get married, you have kids, you start your family. The whole societal expectation Very, very patriarchal thing. society. Uh. And like, d- don't get me wrong, I hate that. Like there are a lot of things wrong with Japan. There is still subtext like that in uh, like hell here. I think it's uh, pretty much the case for like women at uh, thirty or so. Is that society has expectations? Well, everyone, that, everyone keeps going. Have you had kids? Have you figured out your like career and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, admittedly, we get the same thing for guys with the career stuff. Do you know what you're doing with life? No, I haven't a clue. <laughs> I'm making anime videos. Um, they're like, are you twelve? Yes. Um, inside, I haven't. Let that uh, young part of me go, but hey, yeah. if I'm 12 on the inside, then I'll live longer than them. Yeah, by yeah. at least a couple of decades. Well, I've kept my hair. That's that's a win. <laughs> so have you actually? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of had no choice, and my hair grows at the rate of a no, werewolf. No, no offense to Aaron, I've just realised when he listens to this episode, he's going to be like, "But I, I I lost some of my hair." We're oh. going to be like, "Sorry, man." <laughs> oh, his just grows out of his chin. <laughs> oh, his does. Holy cow! What a glorious beard. Dwarfy. He's a dwarf. I love Aaron. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, look, the, this is a a film where I think if you know Japanese culture, watch it in the sub because I think you'll under, you'll get more out of it. Whereas if you're not that bothered about that, you're not that connected to Japanese culture and just want to see an interesting story, watch the dub. Mm. Like it, it will fit in perfectly. And that's not to say that you know you should only watch it one or the other, but I, that's that's my recommendation. I reckon least. both are to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. They're both great versions of it. Uh, go with your preference, yeah, more, yeah. more than anything. If you like don't, dub or you like sub... Don't let us tell you what to do. Why are you even listening to us? Yeah, how dare Turn you us listen? off right now. <laughs> go, go watch the film. <laughs> so, Gardner Words uh, came out in 2013. Uh, Comics Wave Films, Makoto Shinkai directed and wrote it. Uh, runs for about 45 minutes. You can find it on Netflix and uh, Amazon as well on uh, on demand as well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah uh, post credit scene wraps up the story so don't skip the ending Kawaii Radio and that's where we'll wrap up for the episode because yeah. uh, you know we're uh, we're real good at this it's a it's a short movie it's a short episode you know yeah yeah and it works it works well because you know it's a Valentine's Day I don't think everyone will have time to, to listen to this today um, which makes sense doesn't it like you're probably out doing other things yeah <laughs> now if you are new to the podcast please hit the subscribe button especially if we're on Spotify we're really trying to build those numbers up um, and uh, also check out our YouTube channel as well because we've got dedicated videos about about you know basically we do deep dives into anime um so th- this the one that came out this week was a bit different it was just four recommendations of anime romances which are wholesome uh, i.e they don't have a lot of fan service in them they've got generally good positive messages about romance and human interactions um i reckon it was a good video yeah i think it did all right we should do more of those just recommendation lists yeah recommendation lists but we will be um, kind of reformatting that all shortly once I figure out how to, you know, do things unscripted. Because <laughs> I, I can talk unscripted as demonstrated right now. Um, but for some reason, put that camera in front of me, despite being a journalist most of my life, I just kind of go, I need a script. Wait, you don't have a script right now? No. What, what? Dude, my phone is a teleprompter. Oh, is it? Yeah, I've <laughs> even written this bit down. Look. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is predictable. <laughs> Everything is a lie. <laughs> um, if, uh, if you have enjoyed what you've heard consider subscribing to our patreon and supporting us um we've got packages from a dollar up to i think like 10 bucks yeah we say a bunch of just weird stuff before the show it's mm. uh 
we go on tangents. We do go on wild tangents. Um, <laughs> but um, look, we've got a couple of people supporting us on there. And if you can afford to support us, it'd be greatly Love appreciated. Mm. We also do have uh, social media everywhere. So if you are on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or even on Discord, come and join us. Uh, all the links are in the episode description. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all share the latest anime news, memes, and anything else that pops up. So worth checking out if, you've, uh, if you're looking for a little bit more interesting and uh, vetted news something I keep talking about because uh, you know <laughs> being a journalist I actually like people to vet their sources instead of everyone going wow Makoto Shinkai is doing uh, this that or the other or Ghibli is creating a brand new film it will be yeah, his last yeah he's come out of retirement he's come out of retirement so he's been out of retirement seven years ago seven years like ah so yeah we vet our stuff so <laughs> uh, you know that, the, the benefits of having someone who's actually been a, a broadcast journalist I guess um, I've talked about that a lot today I don't know why I need uh, more coffee. Yeah, I think you're just bragging. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about how I'm a journalist. You're not allowed to talk about how you studied film. That's the new rule. <laughs> I am now the journalist. <laughs> I am now the filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no. Does that mean you're a ninja? Yes. Japan thinks all journalists are ninjas. I'm standing that, right? right behind you as we speak. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks' time. And until next time, watch, watch some anime. anime.